The following program, The Doris Davenport Show, all local, all the time, is brought to you in part by Doris Davenport. The views and opinions therein do not represent those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management. Substance use or gambling may have caused you to feel like there's no way out. The truth is that there is help for you and your family, and it's closer than you may think. The Way Back In is a nonprofit treatment center for substance use and gambling that helps people in Proviso Township rebuild their lives from the damages of addiction. You can contact Way Back In by visiting waybackin.org or by calling 708-345-8422. That's 708-345-8422. Admissions office is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you are experiencing an emergency and need immediate assistance outside of these hours, please contact 911. Way Back In is here to help. Way Back In programming is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Did you know that the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation has a website, a Facebook page, and a Twitter feed? And they're easy to find. Search online for OPRFCF. See what's new. Find a scholarship. Donate to support local nonprofits. Join a group or just connect. The weather's getting warmer. Time to enjoy the outdoors. Biking, hiking, sports. Pains and sprains. I hate venturing out. Let me give you something for that. A Band-Aid? The number to Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-4662. I'll need a body cast. How about holistic healing? Can you explain that? Not as well as Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-7662. One Erie Court, Oak Park. Has substance abuse or gambling taken priority in your life? Are you looking for a change? Visit waybackin.org waybackin.org This ad is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Enjoying the Doris Davenport program? You're not alone. The Doris Davenport program is quickly becoming the place for all things local. If you have a quality local business or offer a quality service, The Doris Davenport program is tailor-made for you. We offer reasonably priced announcements available to all. To find out how we can work together for success, call 1-312-296-9709 and speak to Doris directly about attaining your goals. 1-312-296-9709. Did you know that the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation has a website, a Facebook page, and a Twitter feed? And they're easy to find. Search online for OPRFCF. See what's new. Find a scholarship. Donate to support local nonprofits. Join a group or just connect. That song makes me happy. (laughs) 
and welcome back to the Doris Davenport Show. My name is Doris Davenport. I am your host. It is Sunday afternoon, and what a lovely, lovely Sunday afternoon. And I've got my man, Paul, right in front of me. How you doing there, young man? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Happy Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday weekend. Thank you. Same to you. <laughs> Let me ask you, when you were um, growing up or as a young adult, what, what, what were the things that people said to you about Dr. King? What was your impression of the man? They, it was always the I have a dream speech was kind of hammered home. And I think that was like, you know, growing up, it was I think before it was a federal holiday. I remember learning about that when I was really young. So, I, you know, when you're really young, you totally don't get the big picture of everything. So uh-huh. it was just the uh, I, I guess to me, it was, you know, without knowing the, the racial component of it, it was like, oh, well, there's hopes and dreams and kind of striving for what you want. But then when you kind of learn the true story and, and just everything <laughs> what the man had to go through and, and just the African-American struggle, it's like, OK, now now I get the, the big picture a little bit more yeah. than when I was, you know, a little a little kid out in the far suburbs. you know. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to say for myself, um, obviously, growing up in the struggle, I was a little closer to it because my father was a, a leader in the civil rights movement. He he worked with um, Dr. King and many of his uh, comrades. Um, he was appointed to the Martin Luther King Democratic Club in New York as president, which he wow. uh, was for about 20 years. Um, but you know what? When I, what I remember most about that speech, and we all remember it. I mean, I, how many contests was I in where I <laughs> used that speech as my subject? And it wasn't until I was older and really started to break down the speech that I I felt like I had been done such a wrong because I was like, this speech is not about a dream. Well, it is about a dream, but it's not about the kind of dream that's yeah. been shoved down our throats. Yeah. This speech was about America cashing a check that was owed to black people. I mean, that's what the dream was about. That's what the speech was about. And I really, really wish that every time they play that speech, that they would play the entirety of the speech and not just the part about I have a dream and the content of our character and all that is wonderful and good. But the truth is the light. And we're here on WCPT where facts matter. (laughs) (laughs) He was a powerful orator, you know, just, you know, you could you could hear the minister in him whenever he did those speeches. But I think he knew how to grab audiences. But Mm -hmm. also his words were super important to to just carry that message along. Yeah, there are some people, a few for sure, who I like to look up and read the quotes that are associated with them. And Martin Luther King is one of those people. Mm -hmm. If you read the quotes associated to that man, I mean, just in casual conversation, he would say the most profound things that you just know the Holy Ghost was living somewhere in that (laughs) tongue of his. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, listen, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, In about five minutes, my guest will be joining us, and I'm so excited about this hour. I think it's a perfect way to spend this Sunday before Dr. King's holiday. Uh, But I do want to touch on the election coming up here in Chicago. Um, now, as I talk about this, when I get to the break, Paul, if you have the information on the forum, I'd like to um, give the details about that. But um, here in Chicago, 
This is 2023, and we have a Chicago mayoral election, and it's drawing closer and closer, and there are lots of things that you need to know. First of all, the general election is going to take place in Chicago on um, February 28th, and it's very important because we have so many people, 11 candidates who filed paperwork. I believe there is one still in a challenge, Pearson, um, I believe is his name, but if no candidate receives receives more than 50% of the vote, then we will be heading to a runoff in April, on April 4th. And all odds are that we will be in a runoff on April 4th because it does not look like anybody's going to garner that. And how do we know that? Well, you look at each candidate, you look at the base of voters that we have, the overlap, and there just aren't that many voters who are active that can, that any candidate can say, you know, I've got what I've got. Now, you know, if you want to believe in polls, polls have um, a number of people in the lead. Different polls have different people in the lead. I like to follow the money because a lot of times the only way you're going to get known, there are two ways you can win this election. One is you can blast the TV with camp ad campaigns and give you, tell your message that way. The other is old shoe and leather, you know, beat it, beat it, beat it. I don't think there is anybody that has done more groundwork and more personal door-to-door campaigning in this election than Dr. Willie Wilson, hands down. Now, we will see just how valuable that is. It almost felt like during the pandemic, too, with the uh, the masks, you know, that he was uh, giving away to people and then the gas cards during the, the gas, you know, uh, prices hike. It, it almost seemed like he was campaigning before the campaign that way, too, just getting his name out there and trying to, um, you know, he's always been about the community. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that's uh, even before this campaign started. And he's he's got the money, too, won't collect the paycheck. So that's right. That's, that's a hard guy to compete with already just from a campaign finance standpoint. And we can't forget that he did force Rahm Emanuel into a runoff. Um, You know, he he has a lot of support out there. And of all of the candidates, his support really is uh, grassroots and multicultural. But that's one model. Uh, We have several other models that we want to follow as well. And our own, our very own Brandon Johnson, who is a host right here on WCPT, uh, he is really doing well. He he is the leader of what I call the progressive wing of the Democratic <laughs> Party. And Brandon, you know, the model that I look at Brandon, Brandon is a hard worker. Now, when you talk about going door to door, I don't think Brandon turns down a debate. And he will go anywhere and do what he has to do. And his family is 100% supportive of him. He understands this city. He understands education. The educational system is a huge component in Chicago and Brandon knows it like nobody else. When you talk to Brandon, you get the feeling. Sometimes, you know, people look at a person and they, 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 they make judgments and they wonder. When Brandon opens his mouth and starts to speak, you pause because he speaks with deliberation. He makes sense. He speaks with understanding and forethought and insight. Brandon is a leader, somebody that I encourage a lot of people to take a look at. And then we have Paul Vallis, who is another front runner, a contender in, uh, for a lot of people. He used to be head of Chicago Public Schools back in the day. He went on to work in New Orleans and Pennsylvania and their school systems. And um, he understands, too. I don't think there's anybody who's running who 
who knows more about where dollars are that can be brought to the city than Paul Vallis. He was finance director of the city of Chicago under uh, Doctor uh, under Harold Washington. Um, you know, he's been involved and engaged in many, many, many ways. Uh, and 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 Paul will. Um, well, we'll talk about the forum. All of those contestants will be at the forum. Lori Lightfoot, of course, is the um, incumbent. She is running for re-election. She has been under fire quite a bit lately for a number of uh, snafus. One is that her campaign sent letters to faculty and, more importantly, to students, encouraging them to come and volunteer for her campaign in exchange for what? Credit, extra credit <laughs> that you don't have to do schoolwork for. And, yeah, you know, initially we heard that her response was, what? This has been done for years and years. But that don't make it right. And so she has come back and apologized. And you're the incumbent. And when you're the incumbent, all arrows are going to be flying in your direction. Uh, but she seems well prepared to handle them. I won't. We've run out of time. So not that I'm simply highlighting those people. There are many others on on the ballot, and we'll be talking about all of them in the days to come, and we'll share information about the upcoming forum at our 3.30 break. At this point, I'm excited. Uh, Is our guest on with us? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I am excited to introduce to you a young man that I met some years ago and have stayed in contact with and actually have done some work with um, because he's just what I call a genius, And as I said, I think this is a perfect interview for Dr. King's weekend, because when you find out what this young man has been up to since a very young age, you will understand what I'm talking about. Now, folks, this is the Doris Davenport Show. And on the Doris Davenport Show, when we have a guest for uh, the first time, now he's been on other shows that I've done, but I don't believe he's been on WCPT. We like to do the long form bio. So I'm about to tell you what this man's been up to. My guest today is Mr. Michael Thompson. He's a technologist, a technologist who has been in the business since he was a sophomore in high school in Northern Virginia, starting with AT&T Communications in 1984. After leaving AT&T, after graduating high school, he worked for Quantum Computer Services, who later changed their name to AOL, America Online, one of the first online companies in the world. That's right. He was on the ground floor. And after leaving AOL, he went to work for UUNet Technologies, one of only a handful of specialists in the business of building a national network to link individuals and companies to the Internet. During his time at UUNet, Mr. Thompson was part of the team that helped build the Microsoft Network and beta test Windows 95. Can you imagine being part of that initial team that uh, built Windows 95? During his tenure, he received numerous technical certifications with companies like Cisco, Sun, Microsystems, Microsoft, Lucent, and many others. After leaving UUNet Technologies, he went to work as a consultant, where he helped to design and implement networks for the U.S. federal government, telecoms, and various Fortune 500 companies around the world. Mr. Thompson then started a company called Food on the Move, which delivered food from restaurants throughout Northern Virginia. Food on the Move was later sold. 
Then, around 1999, Mr. Thompson sold his video streaming company called Stream Now to Atelco, which was soon acquired by Bell Atlantic, who then changed their name to Verizon. And he served as vice president of video services at Verizon. As the VP, he was the person to host a meeting demonstrating video streaming technology in 2001 to all the major movie studios, including Warner Brothers, Disney, Sony, MGM, DreamWorks, New Line Cinema, and many others. After leaving Verizon, Mr. Thompson again consulted for various government agencies and Fortune 500 companies for a number of years and started other businesses. Then, around 2019, he decided to build a social media platform. Because of the unfair treatment and discrimination, black people People were experiencing on the major platforms. Once the platform was completed, it was named Our Black Truth, which was later shortened to OBT Social. Because there was those who were offered, offended by the name and what the platform stood for. Today, OBT Social has more than six platforms that span more than 200 cities and is connected to the Internet at the fastest speeds possible and has servers housed at what is called Data Center Alley in Ashburn, Virginia. This is the area in which he grew up, and it is said that more than 70 percent of the world's Internet traffic flows through this city and no other place in the world has more data centers or internet connectivity. Welcome back to the Doris Davenport Show and WCPT, where facts matter. Hello there, Mr. Thompson. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Hey, that introduction, that helped tremendously because now I don't have to say it. (laughs) <laughs> we were trying to say it. I, I could not remember all of that stuff. Well, that's what happens when you when you're just busy, and you have been yeah. busy. My goodness, how old were you when you first saw a computer, or what was a computer at that time? Uh, let me think here. I had an Atari computer when I was in the actually seventh grade. So it was an Atari computer and an Apple. I think it was called a two C back at the. Back in those days. Oh, my yeah, goodness. So old school. <laughs> very, very old school, I'll tell you. And at that time, did they have anything like, I mean, Ataris were used for games, weren't they? Did they have edu- educational components at that time? Oh, no. Yeah, they had educational components and everything. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, you had a screen that only had one color on there, and then you had to use what they call basic to make it do anything. Oh, my goodness. It was nowhere near the computer that we have now. Uh, Nowhere near. Uh, Nowhere near. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I am very, very, we've had so many conversations, and every time we talk, I just feel like there's still so much more that I want to know. So I'm going to, once again, pick your brain and have you talk about so many different things, many of which is going, some of it will be technical, but I also want to talk philosophically and historically with you, Michael. Um, Why don't we begin with, um, looking at the today's landscape of social media, what does the landscape look like today when it comes to social media and uh, communications platforms? What's available for people today? Okay, well, there's a ton of social media platforms out here for everybody, but there's nothing really out here for us as a people. Um, there's been so many complaints 
with regards to how we're sometimes discriminated against, how um, things that we post are either pushed down to the bottom or removed permanently. Um, a lot of us have been put into what they call Facebook jail and all these other social media jails um, for things that we feel we should be able to talk about, but we can't. So, um, you know, so that has happened from a lot of times. So much so now I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, a rapper called Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said back in November that he's going to start his own social media platform. So that's interesting. And uh, and he's going to be in for a shock when he figures out just what it really, really takes. Well, you know, and and, and we should actually talk about that because I think uh, he probably needs to sit down and have a conversation with Harper Hill uh, before he goes into that venture. What do you think? Yeah, um, yeah, because Hill Harper, he had his own, um, not social media, but his own cryptocurrency wallet and everything else. And long story short, because he's not a technology person, they ran over budget continuously, just continuously in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know where that left him, but, you know, it's never a good situation when you exceed your budget multiple times. That's right. That's right. And you really got to know the business. I mean, anybody could want to do this. Um, but, you know, now <clears throat> everybody sees Elon Musk doing it. So I think if people who have money to spend and they're looking where they can uh, invest those dollars, why not go to the Internet? But let's get back to the reason why he wants to do that. And you talked about a little bit. When you mm-hmm. say we and us, you're talking about black people. Um, the complaints that have gone around the globe are that the algorithms, which I'm going to ask you to define and explain, algorithms treat black people almost as if we are criminals or terrorists or something, because if you are talking about your plight, there are phrases that you would use that I guess could be the same phrases that people who are starting, you know, causing trouble would use. But the kind of trouble that we are engaged in is what Congressman Lewis used to say, good trouble. Mm -hmm. And Facebook... Twitter and the likes of them don't like that. They don't seem to understand that, you know, a people needs space and voice to be able to speak amongst ourselves, right? It's not always about organizing against you or a country or something like that. People just want to be able to speak freely. Tell us about these algorithms that are so discriminating, Okay. Well, first of all, an algorithm is a computer program that's designed to pull data about a person, individual, or a situation. And it takes this data and it processes it based on specific parameters. And then it will push things to you or either it will capture bits and pieces of information and put it into a database. So we're experiencing both of these methods. Sometimes the algorithm will push things to you because it follows you across the internet, no matter what you're doing, where you're going and all of that, it will follow you. So if you do a search on Google and then you jump on Facebook and you're like, Oh, I just search for that iced tea. And here it is. <laughs> it's the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you might get something in the mail, for example, in your email. And you're wondering, like, I never even 
did anything for anyone to know this. Mm. But yet, you forgot all about the searching that you've done and the places that you've been online because you have cookies and other things that follow you across the internet and it captures all of this information about you. So in reality, these companies actually know a lot more about you than most people that you know. I mean, more than your family members in a lot of cases. So, uh, you know, it can be good and it can be bad. Interesting. And, you know, I don't know how you feel, but when I go to a website and um, a black icon or emoji shows up. Um, maybe the company is doing that because they want me to feel welcomed. I'm frankly insulted by it and a little weary because the moment I see that, I say to myself, how do they know, first of all, that I'm black? So the minute I see it, I immediately believe the algorithms are in place, and they're going to start screening my information or showing me things that the general public will not see, but that they just simply want me to focus on. Mm-hmm. Right. See, they get this information because not only do they follow you around on the Internet, they also get public records from the courthouse because nothing these days is private. So every little thing is so public that I personally feel that these laws need to be rewritten because it creates a dangerous situation for your average person because you can find out anything about any person at any time because of the Internet and this whole freedom of information when it comes to public records. Wow, that's pretty major. You know, when we talk about, I read your resume, so your your bio, and, and that speaks right there to your credibility to speak on this issue. But I also think it's important for our listeners to know that you, you know, when we think about technology, we point to MIT. MIT is the king of the mountain, right, for uh, technology. Uh, you <laughs> have been a speaker at MIT on multiple occasions, and and. What is even more significant to me than the fact that you've been a speaker at MIT on multiple occasions is that you don't have a college degree. Yeah, um, I've spoken at MIT, and like you said, I don't have a college degree, and I was I was there um, my very first time speaking about radio frequency and what they call NFC, and that's basically the technology that's used when you go through the toll roads with your easy pass without stopping. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of technology. Or when you go to the store and you tap your phone to the little terminal and it makes a payment, or you tap your credit card Mm -hmm. to a terminal and it makes a payment, that's called NFC, and that's based on what they call RFID. So I went there and spoke on it to MIT students, and these students were from freshmen to graduating seniors, and here I am talking to them. So that was very interesting with no college degree, all self-taught, and was able to talk to them, and they were asking me questions. Mm. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm going to take a caller, and then we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from the break, there are just so many things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how long it took, uh, Michael, to build this computer. And we're even going to get into why the need for a social media and other communication platforms, why the need just for black people. Uh, Matt. This is the Doris Davenport Show. Thanks for calling. You've got a question for Michael? Matt, are yes, you there? Hello, hello Matt? Yes. 
Yes. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, uh, Brother Michael, this is Matt Glover calling. Uh, I heard that you was going to be on this show. And me and you spoke before uh, I sent you some information about my broadcast. And I wanted yes. to know, how you doing, brother? <laughs> hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. Okay, but listen, I wanted to know how can I get my broadcast onto your program? And I know the need for this uh, for this black connection is important because YouTube and they just want to, you know, you say the wrong thing and they want to cut you off. They want to control what we're saying. And so what you're doing, brother, today is critical. And I applaud you for everything that you're doing because it's really needed, especially over. I've been communicating and sending these broadcasts over to Africa, et cetera, because when I went to Ghana and saw how they conditioned our people to this white Jesus and what they're doing, our people over there. I was I found myself on the radio and doing all kind of stuff that I didn't go over there for. But the thing is, what you're doing is critical. Matt, thank you so much for the call. Thank you so much for the call. We're going to take a break, and I encourage you to continue to listen because Michael is going to be talking to you about one of his platforms, um, HBCC, which may be just what you're looking for. Michael, hang on just a moment. We're going to go to a break and hear our sports report because you know the Bills played today. Uh, Paul, take it away. Oh, wow. You're throwing it on me right now, too. Uh, okay. Well, the, the Bills were uh, leading last I saw, but let me update. Oh, I'm Still leading. They're leading. Great, great. By three points, six minutes left, but they do have the ball right now. Oh, so oh, they come on, come had on, a 17 nothing lead at one point. And, yeah, uh, Miami was like, yeah, Miami, ain't having it. Yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, we'll see, though. It's still, still a little early, still plenty of time. After last night, we know that, uh, you know, even if you're down by 27 points, there's still a whole NFL game left to be That's played. That's right. Jacksonville Jaguars with yeah, the third largest comeback game. all time. 31-30 to 30 oh, over the Chargers. Mercy. 49ers won yesterday, 41-23. to 23. Later on today, Giants and Vikings are going to get started shortly here. Ravens and Bengals tonight. And then tomorrow, Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Tom Brady continues his streak of being the <laughs> oldest quarterback to do everything. Uh, he's, I think, like the seventh start since he's been the oldest quarterback in the playoffs. My goodness. Uh, this this week, the Bears announced Kevin Warren is the, the team president and CEO. First time they've ever hired outside of the organization mm-hmm. for a president or CEO. First time they've hired a black president mm-hmm. in, in uh, Bears history. So that's exciting news for them. Uh, a, a black president, CEO, mm-hmm. a black general manager, a black quarterback. The Bears are awesome. finally updating and modernizing. We got a Super Bowl coming, y'all. I think so. I think so. Uh, another reason to get excited in Chicago, the Bulls lead the Warriors 50 54-46 right now, uh, just minutes until halftime. Hawks, not so good. They gave up six goals last night and lost 8-5 to to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, lots of Martin Luther King uh, basketball games all weekend. There's uh, at least, um, it looks like, 10 matinee games wow. tomorrow, 6 or 7, it looks like, uh, in, the, in the daytime tomorrow. So, a uh, big day for sports in the sports world. But, yeah, Bill's holding on right now just by a little bit. Ah, my fingers are crossed. I'm saying <laughs> prayers from my lips to God's ears. We need a victory. Enjoying the Doris Davenport program? You're not alone. The Doris Davenport program is quickly becoming the place for all things local. If you have a quality local business or offer a quality service... 
the Doris Davenport program is tailor-made for you. We offer reasonably priced announcements available to all. To find out how we can work together for success, call 1-312-296-9709 and speak to Doris directly about attaining your goals. 1-312-296-9709. Substance use or gambling may have caused you to feel like there's no way out. The truth is that there is help for you and your family. And it's closer than you may think. The Way Back In is a nonprofit treatment center for substance use and gambling that helps people in Proviso Township rebuild their lives from the damages of addiction. You can contact Way Back In by visiting waybackin.org or by calling 708-345-8422. That's 708-345-8422. Admissions office is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you are experiencing an emergency and need immediate assistance outside of these hours, please contact 911. Way Back In is here to help. Way Back In programming is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Did you know that the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation has a website, a Facebook page, and a Twitter feed? And they're easy to find. Search online for OPRFCF. See what's new. Find a scholarship. Donate to support local nonprofits. Join a group or just connect. The weather's getting warmer. Time to enjoy the outdoors. Biking, hiking, sports. Pains and sprains. I hate venturing out. Let me give you something for that. A Band-Aid? The number to Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-4662. I'll need a body cast. How about holistic healing? Can you explain that? Not as well as Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-7662. One Air Court, Oak Park. And welcome back to the Doris Davenport Show. My name is Doris Davenport, and I am your host on this beautiful, beautiful Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. I am here with my guest, Mr. Michael Thompson, the technologist. Mr. Thompson, welcome again back to the Doris Davenport Show. You know, uh, I was listening, I was, I was thinking about Matt's question, and I really don't want to run out of time. That's the thing with a one-hour show. The time flies, and we've got so much information that I'm intending to cover. So I want to get right into the platforms. Now, you mentioned that you've got eight platforms. I happen to know five of those eight are fully deployed, but I want to highlight two. You'll have an opportunity to mention the others, but these two I really want to highlight. And um, once we highlight these two, well, let's do that first. I'd like to, to ask you, what is OBT Social? OBT Social. OBT Social is a social media platform that's comparable to Facebook. And OBT actually stands for Our Black Truth. 
And we have we just happen to use OBT instead of Our Black Truth a lot of times online because a lot of people take offense to the name and they think that it means for black people only. No, it doesn't mean that. It means it's for everybody, but that we run it and that we apply the community guidelines evenly, regardless of your nationality, your color. We don't care about any of that. You just follow the community guidelines. That's all you have to do. So it doesn't matter if you're white or black. If you violate, you're gone. That's just the <laughs> way it is. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so that's what OBT Social is. It's a platform that's comparable to Facebook, and it has all the features and functionality. You can go live and talk to your family, create groups, all those kinds of things. And I would like for people to go to obt.social to sign up and give it a try. And, of course, there's no cost for the platform, and there are no algorithms. Mm. So, so see, that's the kicker right there, no algorithms. So it's kind of like comparing organic food to <laughs> chemical-loaded food. Our food is organic. And you get the best as opposed to these other platforms where they have these algorithms pushing all kinds of garbage to you. Mm-hmm. And that garbage is quite damaging at the end of the day. Mm. And then something that's a little different on our platform is that when you have followers, say if you have 5,000 followers on our platform and you post something, your post will go to all 5,000 followers. But on these other platforms, you'll be lucky if you have 5,000 followers and 500 of them see it. And you wonder why you're not getting the kinds of responses that you know you should be getting because you've tested them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's in, yeah. that's interesting. And I know you mentioned when you're promoting uh, OBT.social that OBT social is important because right now there are no successful social media platforms that are black owned and operated and where Africans and those of African descent truly feel comfortable. And that's the operative word. The operative words are comfortable and safe. And speaking on topics that affect our communities globally, right? Because we all work in dual worlds. We operate in dual worlds. And we need to be able to have conversations. And we don't really care who's listening. It's not like we're talking about anything that's going to bring the world down. Frankly, every the conversations that we have, even about protesting, even about um, advocacy, um, even about fighting against things, are to build the country up. Right. To educate, uplift and inform Mm -hmm. African and African descended people throughout the world. And well, what does that lead us to? HBCC. Tell us about the platform HBCC. I am so excited about this platform. (laughs) Well, HBCC, I'm sure you heard of HBCU. Yeah. It's just a play on words. Mm -hmm. Historically black content creators. Mm. So that's what HBCC stands for. And you can easily go there by going to hbcc.social. And that platform is more likened to YouTube with some of the differences being, again, no algorithms to push garbage to you. And then the next thing is, is that we have tons of content that pertains to us. And see, that's a big deal. And we vet a lot of the content that goes there. So anybody can go there and post content, but we make it clear that only certain channels have content that has been vetted 
and we let you know this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So therefore, you don't get a bunch of garbage and junk and things of that nature. And to answer Max's question about going live, HBCC would be that platform yes. because you can go live on HBCC the same way you can when you're on YouTube. And you can also share content between HBCC and OBT Social and go back and forth pushing content from one to the next. And you can also push content out to the other social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, and all the rest. Right. So basically, black the black community, if they want to see a functionality, they can build it and um, build it and keep that money in our community. See, exactly, because we've given money back to the community already by taking the oldest living survivor of Black Wall Street to Ghana. That's right. That's right. Tell the listeners about that. Yeah, so um, we ended up going to Tulsa, well, first, let me back up for a minute. Let me back up. Um, I don't know if I've talked about uh, the Tulsa riot on WCPT. I was part of a, a very small group of people with John Rogers of Aerial um, Investments. Um, this is going back about 10 years ago. And we put together a nationwide uh, group of funders to raise money for the last survivors. I think at that time there were five living survivors of the Tulsa, Oklahoma riots. And this was Black Wall Street, uh, um, a street of wealthy, wealthy black-owned businesses that was torched to the ground because white people in that town could not stand to see black people succeeding. Uh, And there was one survivor. And now, pick it up from there, you found out about this survivor. Yes, our mother, Viola Ford Fletcher. Mm. She wanted to go to Ghana and this message. Oh, yeah, she, she's a wonderful woman, yeah. 108 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, her grandson, we were talking and he told me all about her wanting to go to Africa. And after having a conversation, I said, you know what? Let us take care of that for you. So we ended up going to Ghana. We met the president, vice president. We had presidential security there, met kings, chiefs, just all of that kind of stuff. And to this day, she actually has a foundation there called the Viola Ford Fletcher Foundation on ground in Ghana helping Ghanaians. And that was an incredible thing for her and her grandson and family members to do. And um, so we're planning to visually go back. So that's one of the things that we're going to do. But what we did was we were giving back to the community by taking her and her family mm-hmm. to Ghana. And we're not even a big company at all. And when you talk about Facebook giving $25 million to the black community, that is like me giving a penny. <laughs> but yet but yet we're happy about it. Like, yeah. oh, they give us $25 million. Uh-huh. That's nothing compared to what they made from us because we are the ones that make all of these platforms, but we don't make any of the money from any of these platforms. That's right. And we all know uh, that diversity and the tech arena is leaves a lot to be desired as you start to move up the ladder. Um, and when we look at HBCC, which is um, the platform for historically black content creators, um, this, this is the place where educators as well like to go, right? And you you offer that verification seal. Tell us about that verification seal. Okay. So, for example, a person that is an educator by trade or profession, Mm -hmm. or they're an activist with years of experience, we will give them that seal uh, after we identify who they are and all that kind of stuff so that people can know that they're getting it from someone that 
is actually doing this and not some troll that's mm. just trying to create a whole bunch of problems. So trolling is a big problem these days on all platforms, and we do our best to keep on top of that. And uh, we want black people to feel that we have a place to put content, and it's also a repository for our history because we need to um, catalog all of this stuff, and we need to have our documents um, saved as well. This platform also archives documents in addition to videos, audio, and all of that. So now let me ask you, if you're a, a, a fledgling or, or budding, is probably a more positive way to put it, a filmmaker or a theatrical producer, director, writer, and you have a pro- project that you want to get out there, a trailer or something, and, and, and you want it to be seen, um, is HBCC a place where you can post those? You can. Um, if you have a movie, documentary, or anything that you put your hard earn money, sweat, and tears into, mm-hmm. the system is designed to allow you, you can rent those videos to people, you can have them buy the videos from the platform. Um, you can have subscriptions. It allows you to monetize your content any way you can imagine. Mm. So if I were a, uh, say, a psychologist and I had, um, I don't know, maybe I was writing something that I want, a, a newsletter, that I, a subscription-based newsletter. I'm making this up as I go. If I had a subscription-based newsletter, I'd be able to put that on there and, and people could purchase that subscription online and I would just feed that, feed that platform my content on a systematic basis. Yep, that's correct. They can you can charge a monthly subscription fee, mm-hmm. and they they'll get certain content for free, and then other content they may you know there may mm-hmm. be a premium charge for. Mm-hmm. So you can mix and match any kind of way. So yes, it's made to do just that and a lot more. Okay, now I think the the thing that people really want to know, Michael, they've heard about you, and yes, they know that you are just the best thing since sliced bread when it comes to black people and technology and social media, and these communication platforms. What they want to know is what sets this apart from any other Black-owned social media site out there? So if I go on the Internet and I run a search on Black-owned and operated social media sites, I'll get a list of them. Typically, they're always under 10, the list. But there are some distinctions between OBT Social and the rest of your platforms and these others. Talk to me about that. Okay, well, one of the things that distinguishes us from all the other um, black-owned social media companies, and there's room for all of us, but one of the biggest things is the experience that I have. I've grown up doing this all of my life, building networks for the federal government like NOAA, NASA, U.S. Department of Labor, U.S. Department of Commerce, telecom companies, ABC, NBC, all of those companies. So there's a lot of experience there. In addition to that, software development. So what that does is it allows me to be able to build these kind of um, applications without the expense. Mm. And when you have the knowledge to do it without all that expense, you can build it the way that you want because the reason why most businesses go out of business is because they don't have any money. 
Let me just give an example there. So Hill Harper, who we talked about earlier, that's like Hill Harper saying, I've got this great idea and I've got all this money. I know I can make this happen. Hire a technology firm. This is what I want you to do, X, Y, and Z. And that technology firm does X, Y, and Z. And then he comes back and says, okay, now I want A, B, and C. And they say, well, if we do A, B, and C, we have to tear down X, Y, and Z. And there's the waste of money, right? Right in the beginning. Right. So exactly, exactly right. You hit the nail on the head with that. Because he didn't know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so that's one of the advantages that we had building all of this. Then the next thing is, is that when you look at these other platforms, they typically have only one server. Mm -hmm. But see, we're spread across almost 200 cities right now, which is way in excess of 200 different servers that this content resides on. So what that means is wherever you're located, it's going to hit the server closest to you to give you better performance. In addition to that, it also gives you redundancy and reliability. So if 10 servers were to go offline, you still have 190 servers working. Mm. So And they can all serve that data to you no matter where you are in the world. Yeah, yeah. So those are just a couple of the quick differences. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to, we are actually doing this for the black community because it's absolutely needed. The dollars and cents will come later, but that's not the focus. It's all about archiving our history and giving us a way to communicate with one another because times are getting to be somewhat perilous, Mm -hmm. whereas we will not be able to talk to one another in the event of an emergency or if we just want to get people mobilized to vote or anything. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to get to that in a second. Um but you hit on something that I want to highlight and that is that the money will come later. I mean, the thing that people are really blessed to have is somebody who is not concerned about the profit up front is willing to do the work and take the time necessary to do it. But what people w- might be surprised to know is that your companies have been valuated I'm ready to say it, but I'm going to let you say the valuation at this point. Oh, no, I'm not even going to the valuation. <laughs> yep. But we have some people in New York that loves how the business is, its mm-hmm. potential, and it's the first black business to scale globally mm-hmm. in this arena. So, uh, man, we're planning to go public at the end of this year or early next year. And I just so want I you folks that. to know that if you invest in this company, you will get your returns. So uh, don't take what I'm saying lightly. Uh, so here, let's see. There was what I want to hit on now. Social media, we hear a lot of reports now about the negative impacts of social media. So there are some upsides to social media. There are downsides to social media. Talk to me about some of the positive and negative that go along with these applications, regardless of, um, um, you know, where they where they come from, from a usage standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, some of the positive things is that you can learn a lot from social media. Mm. Because there's so much out there. You can learn how to build a car. You can learn how to do hair. You can learn about health. You can learn about stars. You can learn about all this kind of stuff. And see, that's the positive that really helps the younger kids know a lot more than what we know because they have access to all this information. So they, they know a lot. They're a lot smarter than we are mm-hmm. at their ages. So, but then on the negative side, they're exposed to the negativity 
that's out there, like the pornography and the adult type of content, um, violence, um, just anything you can think of that young kids should not have, they have access to because it's impossible to monitor what they're doing on the Internet 24 hours a day. So that right there causes a problem. And then the amount of time that's spent on social media also affects brain development in children. And it can also become addictive in children and adults. And, you know, so those are the negative things that could happen. And these are what we're trying to educate people about. Yes, we have a social media platform, but we're telling the truth about what it can do when you looking at this kind of content as opposed to this. And this is why Mark Zuckerberg and everybody else at the top of Facebook and all these other social media platforms, they rarely use social media or their families. They rarely use it. Yes, I remember when Barack Obama became president, one of the first things he talked about was the dangers of Facebook and that he was very concerned about his children having Facebook accounts. Um, unsupervised. Mm -hmm. So now how have uh, churches, um, the faith-based community, embraced um, the platforms? I know during the pandemic, the pandemic was one of the biggest interrupters in our lifetime, really. And it certainly interrupted the way churches conduct uh, their spiritual business. Most of them have moved to live stream. But what has that done to evangelism in churches? And how can these social media platforms help? Well, a lot of the churches, um, they've lost a lot of people mm. throughout this whole pandemic and all of that. And people are online watching through live streaming. Mm-hmm. What that does is it increases the reach for the church. So they can actually grow their base if they want. But a lot of churches are scared because they say, oh, I don't want to get on social media because of all the negativity on there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get on there either. But that's where the people are. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be a ministry, you need to meet you gotta people. You've got to go where, where the people are. Right. And they're online. So that means that you need to stop posting things that helps to build people because it's planting that seed mm-hmm. is what it's all about. You don't have to change nobody's thought in one post. Mm-hmm. Just plant a seed. And that's it. And that's what the church needs to get better at and embracing this technology and the people that don't understand the technology, they need to move out of the way (laughs) or they need to get some people (laughs) under them that can guide them on the technology. But look, do not stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the whole problem when you stay stagnant. Did you hear that? The technologist said, if you don't know what you're doing, just move out of the way. <laughs> right. Or if you don't want to hire anybody to do it. Yeah. Because you can't stay stagnant in ministry. Right. Then you'll lose people. That's right. That's right. And, you know, but the, to me, that's the difference, because now I am looking for that new age of ministers who were sent and not went. Uh, that's, I'll break that down another day. Uh, in the time that we have left, um, I do want to spend some time now on a couple of the other platforms. One other that I'm real excited about is Elimu. And your platforms are named after, they're, 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 they have Swahili-based names. So if you wouldn't mind giving us the English interpretation. So Elimu means what in Swahili? Learning or knowledge. Mm, Tell us about this e-learning platform. Okay, the e-learning platform is designed to allow content creators who have a background in education or some kind of expertise to create content that contains audio, video, documents, all of that, and they can create a curriculum. 
And then they can specify what order a student has to do the work in, and they can charge for this, or they can have it for free. Mm, um, so you can availability. Interesting. Now, would you be this? So this right. is like remote learning. Would how will how do teachers handle? I mean, will the students how will they get their grades? Oh, actually, just like everything else, online. Uh, oh, and the, and the, and the system will also score the work as well. Because when you create the curriculum, you put in the right and wrong. You put in all the right answers, so mm-hmm. it'll automatically look at it and it'll give the student their score automatically. And they will get a digital certificate. It's an Adobe PDF that's mm-hmm. digitally signed by the instructor that they actually pass this course. Now, if I build a curriculum um, for a course and I want people to be able to have it a la carte, but one of them has a prerequisite, can is the system built to understand that there are prerequisites for certain things they have to uh, that they're registering for? It is. Yep, it's designed it to do all of that. It thing. is. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Look at you. Just look at you. Okay, now tell me about Emoja. What does Emoja mean? Uh, of course, that's one of our um, Kwanzaa principles. Yep. So Emoja means unity. Mm-hmm. And that platform is a SMS platform, and we're connected into more than 100 mobile carriers across the planet right now. So, therefore, if there was ever a situation we could theoretically reach everybody through SMS. Mm. And this, so, I think, is SMS, important for uh, people running for office can use this platform. Is that not right? If you want to send mass texts out to folk? See, absolutely. You can send mass texts. So it works for people that are running for office, mm-hmm. works for the church. Um, it can work for organizations like um, Urban League, NAACP, because we have no way to reach black people to get them to do anything. I'm going to stop you right now because we have less than a minute. I want you to give the website for um, Black History Month membership drive. Where should people go to sign up? Okay. Um, Now, we're hosting a Black History Month event, uh, whereas every day, subject matter experts coming in to talk about black history for every single day. So, um, if you want, you can just go to HBCC dot social that's hbcc dot social and you can create an account there and you'll be able to get additional information about this upcoming black history month event and we have tons of experts that are going to be there and we'll be covering not just 400 years of our history but back 3,000 years up until the present so that's hbcc dot social and the other is obt dot social that's my guest mr michael thompson technologist. This is the Doris Davenport Show. My name is Doris Davenport, and I'll be with you next week. Have a blessed week. The Doris Davenport Show, all local, all the time, is brought to you in part by Doris Davenport. The views and opinions therein do not represent those of News Web Radio Company or its management.